Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce CEO of Tourism Central Australia, Stephen Schwer. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on the program. That's a pleasure. Very good. So, uh, Stephen, CEO of Tourism Central Australia, uh, what's your background and um, and how did you come to be in the Alice and uh, what are your favourite places around uh, around Central Australia? Yeah, sure. So, tourism's a funny industry. You, what I love about it is you, you end up working in quite a number of different places and, and living in, in quite a lot of different places. And so, this is the, the fifth uh, state slash territory that I've I've lived in. And once when I was working in South Australia, I was actually working in the Flinders Ranges there and I had a work trip to Alice Springs. And it's funny, that night when I arrived, I I can remember ringing my wife and and saying, I don't know, I get a really good feeling about this place. I just get a feeling like we're going to to come here at some stage. And Mm. and who, who knew, eight years later... Uh, we we moved here for for the role and we love it. It's it's the best move that we've ever made with our family, and uh, yeah. So the 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 region is just so amazing. I think a lot of people get surprised, in particular with Alice Springs, when they come come into town and they realise it's actually right at the foot of the McDonnell Ranges, and and that that surprises a lot of people because they expect lots of red sand dunes and and flat countryside, but one of the things that that they'll find, and I'm sure people who have driven the Outback Way have seen this, is that the countryside changes all the time. And so what we, we normally associate with, with deserts or arid areas in other countries is not the case in Australia. The, the, the landscape around here is, it ranges from plains to undulating dunes to uh, quite large uh, hills and, and ranges and all sorts of different flora and fauna in between. So one of the things that my family loves doing is, is getting out on the weekend and taking the four-wheel drive out and, and checking out some of the four-wheel drive tracks around the region. So we really love it here. Yeah, that's great. And, and it, is, it is exceptional when you, uh, you understand that the north-south road goes through um, what everyone calls the gap, and it is the gap between the east and the west. It back. is. <laughs> yep. And, so, yeah, it's, and, uh, it's very and literal. And you're lucky... In, yeah, and if you're lucky enough to be here on on one of those days every couple of years when the Todd River flows, you the you see why the gap is the gap uh, because the the road and the train line are right next to the Todd River as you as you go through. You mentioned all the uh, all the attractions and and so and we know that you know the Outback Way travels along the Plenty Highway and then it comes into Alice um, from the east or from the north and then it co- heads out to the west past um, Yulara and then into Western Australia. So we, we, we know that there's lots of developments and then we're sealing, sealing the road right the way through to Hearts Range. It's, um, the last 20 k's is currently under construction um, for that part of the bitumen. Uh, but what, what developments are you seeing out there and the opportunities for the plenty as, as we go forward? Yeah, look, there's some really interesting things in, in the plenty area happening. There's a lot of people uh, who drive it are, are surprised at the the amount of activity that happens around that area. Um, so, of course, there's the, 
the odd roadhouse as you travel along. You get uh, quite large fossicking areas, interestingly, uh, zircon and garnet fossicking fields. And so a lot of people like to try their hands at that. Gem tree is a, a bit of a, a popular one for, for anyone travelling that road. Anyone who's stayed at Gem Tree knows that it's a, a really friendly place to stay. And their, their dinners that they put on, they, they have a camp oven cookout and do a traditional camp oven dinner and then chat with uh, the, the diners about uh, under the stars and they, they chat about the history of the area and the history of their family in the area. So that's, that's really a really popular spot. There's an interesting site uh, called Alcuta uh, where there's a number of uh, uh, megafauna fossils out there. And what's actually happened recently in Alice Springs is a brand new museum has opened up called Megafauna Central where they've taken uh, fossils from that Alcuta fossil site out on the Plenty Highway and brought them into Alice Springs and, and have them on display. And you can see all sorts of different old uh, megafauna, things like the Australian marsupial lion fossils and Dromornis, which was the largest flightless bird ever to have existed in history, wow. uh, called the Dromornis, and it, it's up to three metres tall. And what they've actually got there is both a full skeleton of a Dromornis from that Alcuta yeah. site, as well as then next to that a recreation of what the Dromornis would have looked like uh, with it, a very odd big pelican, um, not, not quite a pelican, but a, a dodo-type beak. Yeah, uh, or a toucan more. beak. Yeah, yeah and, and mm. but it's enormous, and and so yes. all sorts yes. of different yes. beautiful uh, megafauna from that area. So that's that's a really good one, and that's a free attraction. And, and, and I think now that's really Spring. important. Yeah, Stephen, I think that's really important because you know we've got the the age, Australian age of dinosaurs in Winton, and mm. all the work that they're doing and uncovering the dinosaurs, and then. And, and, you know, the dry land dinosaurs over that side. And then you actually move through to Bullia, and Bullia have a full um, skeleton of a plesiosaurus. So yes, it's actually taking yes. us back to the inland sea. And then you come out of the inland sea when you get to Alice, and you've got this, this megafauna happening. And it, it is extraordinary. And I think um, there's um, this, this wonderful connection with our ancient world um, right along the outback way. And, and this Alcuta development, we just highlights that and, and, and is really enhancing that whole uh, dinosaur trail that, that's uh, un, unfolding. Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because what you end up with along that trail is the history of Australia from hundreds of millions of years ago mm. through mm. to the megafauna period, which was only mm. the, the fossils were from Alcuta are only five to six million years old. And then well, you've got Desert Park in, yeah, yeah, quite young. And then you've got <laughs> Desert Park in Alice Springs, where you see all of their their uh, modern descendants in kangaroos and emus and all sorts of things. So it's it's quite a, a good way of doing that trail from hundreds of millions of years ago yeah, right absolutely. up to the present. That's a really great point. Mm, mm. Yeah, terrific. Um, and and yeah. So and what else is happening along with Plenty? Is there further developments in other places further out or? What's yeah, this, um... look, stay tuned. Watch this space. There, there are potentially yep. going to be some more developments. There's, there's some work going on at the moment on looking at uh, opening up some more of those areas. And yeah, so, so that's a, a watch this space. Um, but yep. anyone who's who's heading along that way, 
uh, make sure that they, they you know, I, I really recommend stopping in at any of the, the roadhouses along the way and definitely spending a, a couple of nights at Gem Tree and just seeing what there is around the area, doing a little bit of the bin track, which comes just off the outback way, a little bit of four-wheel driving around there um, through the fossicking uh, sites around there. It's it's really well worth it. Take take a bit more time to to go through it rather than using the the plenty just as an access route. Take take a bit of time to do it. Yeah, no, that's a great that's great advice. There is so much to see on that eastern leg. I'd like to take this little section to talk about the little the gems around the around Central Australia that you know probably aren't as well publicised. What are the uh, the latest sort of areas that are really coming into their own? Look, one of the ones that I really love is there's uh, quite an interesting trail. If you follow the Outback Way, what it does is link together a number of Outback Indigenous art galleries. And mm. there's there's been quite a bit of work just recently helping those galleries. Uh, some of them have had refurbishments or have had extensions, uh, internal fit-out works, things like that. There's been a really good program of investment in, in those galleries. I, I really love taking the time to, as you go past some of these uh, accessible Indigenous communities, dropping in, having a look at the, the galleries, the different styles of art. A lot of people are blown away. I, I think when people think of Aboriginal art, they think of some of the, the usual traditional dot painting style and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of that in the area. But I think as people travel through the landscape, and stop in at each art gallery, they notice the, the regional and cultural nuances and differences in each of the different communities that they go through. And people who visit a number of these galleries in a row start to see different styles of art come out through those traditional uh, artworks. And so I, I think it's well worth having a look at some of the art galleries along the way just to see what the different influences are from that particular community on what is an ancient uh, art form. So that's something that I, I really enjoy doing and I really recommend people, if they haven't done it before, to, to get out and do that. Uh, some of the other things that are happening along the way, uh, we've got the Parchima Festival in Light uh, coming up mm. in October. Now, this is only the yep. third year that it's run, but it's massive. And and it's a, it's a new thing that uh, people are still finding out about. First year was almost like a trial year to see how it would go. And then the second year, we advertised it uh, a bit more widely. This year, there's been a lot of advertising out about it. And what we do is we light up the McDonald Ranges with a whole range of different artistic light installations. So people who may have seen Vivid in Sydney would know the kind of thing. Imagine yes, that, yes. but in a natural landscape. And so mm. it's quite beautiful. And it interprets and what some of the... Oh, it, it is stunning. And, and actually, uh, one of the booths at the Festival of Light is where you get to control the lights yourself on the range and so you see how different ways that you control the lights create different effects and uh, and then normally every half hour there's a, a few minutes of a show that interprets a local aboriginal story uh, one of the mm. the things that they're doing differently this year is is our pedestrian mall todd mall is being uh, activated as well so we're going to have various artistic light installations along the todd mall as well so for people who are travelling through in October, in early October, make sure you check out Parchima Festival of Light. That's that's one not to miss. And I mean, I guess, you know, if you're in there at that time, you know, it's going to, you're going to be surrounded by it in the evening. So that's pretty a pretty exciting time to be in Alice. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah. what what yeah. happens is whilst there's the main festival site, uh, you find that any high vantage point around town ends up being packed with a lot of people watching from a distance the light show as well. It's it's quite quite a lot of fun. That's great. That the East Max are really starting to open up, and what seems what what seem to be the most popular places to visit on the East McDonald Ranges? Yeah, so so in the East, we've we've got various places like uh, Ross River Resort, Hale River Homestead, the the Altunga Fossicking Site. I mean, when we we, we talk about uh, hidden gems. It, Altungas are, are rarely visited, but fascinating experience. It's an old gold mining town, and mm. uh, the the people who mined gold there never really found all that much. It was it, it was enough to make a living, but not enough to to make your fortune. And so it was a, a fledgling little community for for about eighty odd years. But the interesting thing is. Because it was so disconnected from, even from the rest of Australia, even from Alice Springs, let alone the rest of Australia, everything that was built out there was built using the local materials. So there's now what you, you could probably call a ghost town of, of beautiful old stone buildings and uh, the old fossicking sites. And you can actually go on bushwalks and see some of the old mine shafts, which really were just hand dug holes in the ground uh, so that's that's quite an amazing place and there's a visitor's centre there where you can find out a, a, about the history as well as uh, some of the old artefacts that have been found around the fields old bottles and old um, pre- yeah, preserving tins and all sorts of things are on display there so so that's another one that's that's well worth checking out mm, that's great and there's also Trofina Gorge which is like the, the walk around Trofina Gorge is, is wonderful Mm. Yeah, Emily and Jesse Gap, Pandala Gorge, Trafina Gorge, yeah. John Hayes Rockhole there, which is a great little four-wheel drive. It is about time, isn't it, in, in Central Australia? You know, it's not a place that you should rush through. It's, if you're going to stay, you need to stay at least four or five nights to actually really experience Central Australia. Um, Absolutely. Um, full glory. It, that, that's one of the things that we really do encourage people and and I think they think we just say it because, you know, obviously we, we like tourism and we like tourists coming to visit our area, but we don't just say it. We, we say it because it, so many people, when they stay here for three nights, say, oh, my goodness, I wish I had longer, uh, because they, they then find more and more and more things to do. Yeah. So it, it really is worth taking a, a, a bit of time out of your schedule to come and see and, and really making sure that you've got a, at least a week to, to see to see some bits and pieces. That's it, exactly. And now you talked about, before we recorded, we were talking about some of the, the big future you know, tourism um, initiatives happening in Central Australia. What's on the cards for the, for the future developments in, in Alice or the surrounds? Yeah, look, one of the things that we're really excited about is the National Aboriginal Art Gallery and National Indigenous Cultural Centre. In Alice Springs CBD, uh, the, the Northern Territory Government have made a commitment to start uh, building next financial year, so, so in uh, 1920, uh, a National Aboriginal Art Gallery and National Indigenous Cultural Centre, and those will be the main sites for all of our cultural stories and uh, Aboriginal art forms and, and all of those works that uh, Aboriginal people allow to be on display because, of course, there are some sensitivities with some artefacts, making sure that they're 
kept preserved but not on public display. But all of the things that are okay to be put on public display, looking at all the different art forms of, that there have been over, over thousands of years, looking at a, a whole range of Indigenous cultures from across the nation and yeah, bringing wow. them together in, in mm-hmm. one site. So this is, this is something that we're very, very excited about. And I think will be a major draw card for for the region into the future. So that's that's one to uh, definitely plan your trip in the next few years, but then make sure you plan a trip back uh, within five years or six years because they they will be not to be missed uh, sites. That's for sure. And and it's a real opportunity. I mean, we know that the Warburton Art Project. You know, they've they've got um, extraordinary collection of Indigenous art that they loan out. I mean, and this is where, this is a perfect place for that to be loaned to, for it to be seen by just so many people. They can't show it all at once, even though they've got a great art gallery too. They can't show all the works at once, whereas if it's in a large space, it just will be a a great opportunity for people to see that diversity of artwork. And and I think, yeah, from, yeah. from, as you say, nationwide, I mean, there must be other collections and you just think if we can actually uh, that rolling, rolling program of, of exhibitions will be, um, you know, we'll keep it fresh and um, and really be a great place for for people to see the best of Australian yeah. Indigenous art. So it's good, most, yeah, most great definitely. Initiative. And yeah, and and that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people don't realise that there's there are over three hundred distinct Aboriginal nations across Australia. Mm. And mm. and even more than that uh, of languages and language languages, groups. exactly. So mm. so we've we've got a massive diversity of culture, and so this 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 particular site will uh, both have static displays and feature displays that come through exactly like you're talking about, and uh, will also be a centre for performance and for cultural studies. It will also be a research facility for research on on Australia's First Nations, so Australia's yep. First Nation languages. It's yep. going to be an incredible site, so we're really excited yeah. about it. And there are some pretty architecturally significant designs uh, that will be coming out. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a bit of a competition uh, to see what the, yeah. the architectural design of the site will be like. So it'll be a pretty specky building once it's built as well. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. How do people get in touch with Tourism Central Australia? Something else I should mention, uh, which is uh, obviously one of one of the big stops on, on the Outback Way, is at Yulara uh, and the Uluru Katajuta National Park. The Field of Light is... In its uh, in its closing days, so I, I recommend anyone to to jump in their car and go and have a look at that. Has it been extended? It, it has been extended, uh, but but not for much longer. So it's been extended twice, oh. but past the final extension, so into 2019, past that, uh, people won't be able to see it. So I would recommend okay. getting in the car and, and seeing it as soon as you can. If people want to find out more about the region. Uh, we're, we're more than happy to, to help out with anyone's travel itineraries or plans and, and they can get in touch with us by having a look at discovercentralaustralia.com or by uh, dropping into our information centre uh, on the corner of Todd Mall and Parsons Street in Alice Springs. But the other thing that I would recommend you do is have a look at hashtag RedCentreNT on Instagram and Facebook uh, because if you follow hashtag RedCentreNT, and, and look at some of the photos that are coming through. You'll see 
a lot of the photos that, that we and, and other people share as they travel through. And it'll give you some great ideas on places that you need to go and visit. So, so definitely yeah. jump online and, and check out uh, the hashtag Red Centre NT on Instagram, Facebook, uh, but also check us out at discovercentralaustralia.com. Yeah, good. Okay, that's excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, Stephen. Really appreciate it. Stephen, very much for that. It's been great to have a conversation with you about what, what Central Australia has to offer, and I'm sure you've wet the appetite of the travellers listening to our podcast. And uh, we look forward to doing another update, uh, you know, in sometime early next year and, and finding out how things are travelling along uh, for Central Australia then. So thanks again for your time. Thank you, and thanks for letting me share my part of the world with people. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining the Outback Way podcast. We, uh, there's lots going on, the calendar of events. And as you know, that the, there is the Alice Desert Festival is on with a myriad of activities, including the beautiful light show over the McDonald Ranges, Desert Mob Art, and uh, there's lots of music, lots of theatre. Please have a look at uh, desertdesfest.com for that. It's coming up from the uh, um well into um, early October, so it's a whole uh, whole spring sensation in Alice Springs this uh, this year for the Desfest. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's longest shortcut, the Outback Way. Thank you for tuning into the Outback Way podcast. Our notes and links will be on our website, outbackway.org.au. You can subscribe to our newsletter, buy our guidebook and download the app if you haven't already. Please join us on Facebook, Outback Way, Australia's longest shortcut, and on Twitter at Outback Way 1. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.